Welcome back to the No Such Thing as TMI podcast. I say welcome back because your girl's been MIA for a little under a year. Not from social media, but from the podcast. I My last episode on here was all about my Instagram getting taken down, which was the first time it got taken down. And... I was basically just walking you through and I guess just walking myself through like different feelings, different emotions, how I was coping with it. It's basically it was taken down for five months, came back up for two months, got back taken down. I think that it's deleted. I don't really know. I don't really care because when it came back, I got bad vibes from it. I was like, I actually don't even know if I want this account. I don't know if I feel like like I can be my genuine self with this account. So when I got taken down, I was like, whatever. I have a backup account. I have the people that really truly want to follow me for me and for my content are already following that account. So I was like, this is the account that I really want to work on. And on top of that too, when all that happened, I was like, all right, I I had to go back to why I started this in the first place. Why did I even start creating content on pelvic floor health? One, because I myself have experienced pelvic floor dysfunction. Two, because I didn't even realize I experienced pelvic floor dysfunction until I was in a pelvic health clinical rotation. And three, because when I did create this account, when I did start getting feedback 99.9% of that feedback was people being like, I have never heard of this information before. I am 20 years old. I'm 60 years old. I'm whatever years old. And I was never taught this. I never knew this. I never knew I could overcome this. I never knew there were other people like me. That's why I started this entire platform, this community That's why I would show up every single day, almost too much every single day because I got your girl got a little burned out, which, you know, that was another little positive to my account getting taken down because I felt like I had more time to just, you know, more time to settle into my new move. I just I literally just moved here more time to settle into my new job, more time to really settle into what made me feel good. That was not social media related and that was not content um, content related because I do feel really good creating. I'm a very creative person. My creative juices are flowing a lot. I have a lot of big ideas, a lot of dreams, but when that consumes your thoughts too much, it's not healthy. So I did see that there was a positive with my account getting taken down and it really let me take a step back you know, prioritize my life again. What really brings me a lot of joy? Who brings me a lot of joy? Who do I need to surround myself with more? What do I need to be doing that's outside of the internet world? And I did all that and now I'm back and I'm better and it's the TMI glow up and I'm ready again to share with those that want to hear my voice, that want to hear what I have to say and that are going to change their lives because that's that's what I'm here for. I'm here for to prevent pelvic floor dysfunction, I'm here to bring awareness to pelvic floor dysfunction. So yeah, I'm really excited to be back and I'm really excited to be using the podcast as 
my probably like one of my main platforms like my podcast and my blog are two places where I can truly be unfiltered and I can be myself and I don't have to curate my words specifically I don't have to write my words differently like on Instagram I literally can't write vagina I have to write v at sign g exclamation point n a which is insane um and I mean even TikTok if you even say the word vagina or sex or penis or whatever even if you say vaginismus my video will take like five minutes to upload because they're scanning it or I don't even know but yeah so I'm really excited and on top of that too like I have been way more excited to share my personal life on here to get vulnerable with how I feel to get honest with my routines my rituals you know, my lifestyle. I get a lot of questions about that. And I think it's fun to share that. Like I'm always interested in other people's life and I know people on here are interested in my life. And I think that this is a great platform to be intimate, to be vulnerable, to be personal and just share, share, you know, everything. I have very awesome guests that are coming on. I have gynos that are coming on. I have vulvar specialists, people that specialize in vulvodynia. I have people that specialize in endometriosis, interstitial cystitis. Um, I have people that work primarily with the LGBTQ community. I have people that are really big into nutrition. Like I have so many fun guests that are coming on, which is so exciting for me because I have never seen, like I don't know of many podcast platforms that really capitalize on pelvic health and nonetheless like holistic pelvic health. Like I am a very holistic person. It's not that I'm against medication. I'm not against surgery. I'm not against Western medicine at all. I just like to gravitate towards more a holistic approach and Eastern medicine approach. I mean, that's how I was raised. I mean, I was actually raised with a combination of the two. But um, yeah, this is, and this is how my patients are literally, like I have never, I mean, I don't want to get too cocky, but I've never had a patient that hasn't had a glow up. And for that, I pat myself on the back. Like when I work with a patient, when I work with a client, I give them 110%. Like we look at every aspect of their life. We look at mind, body, spirit, you know, diet, exercise, specialists, interdisciplinary team, you know, lifestyle choices, people that you're surrounding yourself with, your partner, are they supportive, history, like traumatic or abusive history, like everything, everything we cover, we, and I mean, that's, I think that's why I love this profession so much is because I get to share that experience with them of them experiencing the most amazing glow up, like taking control of their pelvic health and just absolutely thriving. It's really the best profession ever. Um, but yeah, so today I w- really wanted to get into why did I even go into pelvic floor health? And my story isn't the traditional story. Well, I shouldn't even say that. Like every story is so everyone's story and journey is so different. Um, my, my story as to getting to physical therapy is a pretty common story. I had injuries in high school I tore my ACL, my meniscus, my MCL, all my right leg. So I had pretty extensive rehab. And when it came to choosing a major for undergrad and choosing schools, I was like, I will be a physical therapist. So I basically chose schools based on their PT program. 
and I ended up going to the University of Delaware. I loved the University of Delaware, Blue Hens forever. I had the best four years ever. I played club soccer there. I um, was in a great relationship when I was in college. I had the best friends. I had a really great and amazing four years. And um, I studied, I got my bachelor's of science in exercise science and I minored in Spanish studies. I actually finished my minor abroad. I lived in Spain for five months in Granada, Spain, Andalusia. And I also minored in disability studies. So that was my four years. And then right after undergrad, which four years was like, I thought college was pretty easy. Like I didn't think it was easy. I was definitely the person that had to study a lot and group study a lot and work really hard to get the grades that I did. But I hated chems and bios and physics. The only science class I liked was anatomy. That was literally it. And statistics because... I had someone that took the class before me and basically it's, that's how I passed the class. Well, I was actually pretty good at it, not going to lie, but I had like previous intel. <laughs> um, and then really wasn't towards like my junior year, senior year is when I really started enjoying like exercise physiology and just more of like the PT kind of classes. That's when I started getting really excited for grad school. And then I graduated and a week later, started my PT program. And PT school was hard, I'm not gonna lie. The first year was so overwhelming. There was so much work. I, the only thing that kept me afloat was like my best friends in PT school that we would spend probably 10 hours at school and in the library every single day. And then my 30 minutes of gym time that I would get where I would literally sweat like a maniac because I had to get all my stress out. That's how I survived the first year of PT school. But then once I kind of got into the swing of things, I knew, you know, what classes really I needed to devote more time to and more studying to. Um, I just got better at managing my time. I ended up picking up like a personal training job at an amazing studio, which really made my West Hartford experience amazing because I went to the University of Hartford in West Hartford, Connecticut. Um, yeah, so I, sorry, I am from Connecticut. I'm from Western Connecticut, moved to University of Delaware to Newark, Delaware for four years. And then I moved back up to Connecticut, but more central Connecticut for grad school. So I was roughly an hour away from my family, which was honestly perfect. Made weekend trips easy, yada, yada, yada. If I was craving a home cooked meal, off I would go for a weekend. But I, let's see. So yep, three years. And then after the first year, things were pretty easy. I was able to manage my time and I didn't even learn anything about pelvic floor health in the first two years of grad school. I learned about neuro, geriatrics, pediatrics, athletes. Um, what even else? Like obviously orthopedics, but yeah, I don't even think I learned anything about pelvic health. And then towards the end of my second year, we had a pelvic health presenter come in and she only talked about pregnancy postpartum but the things that she talked about she was like yeah pregnancy people can experience you know pelvic pain pubic symphysis dysfunction tailbone pain postpartum people 
people can experience prolapse, tearing with childbirth. Not to scare anyone, by the way, these are just things that can happen. Like pregnancy is a wild thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's amazing thing, which is why we really got to love our bodies during it because we're creating a human life and there's literally another body inside of us. So our body changes a lot, but you know, urinary incontinence, things like that, like bladder bowel sexual dysfunction can occur essentially was the point of the presentation. And I was like, Oh, these are things that I have always loved to talk about. Like these are things that I would always talk about with my friends. Like I was the go-to person about infections or, you know, sex or discharge or like period health, like all those things, pooping, like those things don't bother me. They never did. And I was always like that person that was open about that kind of stuff. So my friends would talk to me about it. And I think that I made them feel very comfortable talking openly because I'm not judgmental. Like I have fun with it. Like it's really fun for me. Clearly, if you've seen my videos, you know that I have a lot of fun creating content about all those things. So yeah. So when she started talking about that in a pregnancy postpartum kind of way, I was like, oh, I would totally do a clinical rotation in pelvic health. And eventually when I went on a rotation, I saw people from all ages, um, all walks of life, all different diagnoses. I worked primarily with women. I didn't start working with men until I went to the university of Miami, but I worked with, you know, 19 year olds that couldn't fit in a tampon. I worked with um, 21 year olds that had pain with sex. I worked with people that were postpartum that had pain with sex or that had incontinence. I worked with 75 year olds that experienced fecal incontinence. Like not that that's, what's going to happen to anyone, but I'm just saying that these different conditions and diagnoses were all things that I experienced when I was on that rotation. And on top of that, I had amazing mentorship. Shout out to Alyssa. She was the best clinical instructor ever. Um, I learned so much from her, but I was like, wow, some of these things that I'm treating people for or that I'm like talking to people about or things that I went through that I didn't know was considered pelvic floor dysfunction. Like there was probably like two years in high school where I was getting chronic yeast infections and literally my just go-to would be monostat and that was it. And I could not like, no, no one told me that the root cause of my issue was that I wasn't changing fast enough after like all the athletic sports that I was doing or that I was eating too much sugar. Like I used to eat a ton of sugar in high school, like added sugar, not natural sugars, like, excuse me, added sugars. I, you know, who even knows? Like no one was telling me that there were lifestyle modifications that I could do. I mean, I didn't look them up. I was in high school. I was to into probably my boyfriend at the time and the sports that I was playing to even care about like my own health. I just was riding the wave like my most high schoolers and, but no like doctor pointed me in a more holistic kind of remedy or holistic kind of way to treat my issue. It was always just like a pill or monostat, you know? And then, then I was diagnosed with PCOS because I never got my period. There were I would not get my period for six months at a time or I would get it like three months in a row. It was crazy. And the first thing that my gyno told me when I was diagnosed with quote unquote mild PCOS, which the diagnosis was from 
um, ultrasound, saw a cyst on my ovaries. My testosterone levels were normal at the time. This was like so many years ago. And, um, uh, but I had symptoms, like I had hormonal chin acne and I had um, like abnormal hair growth, like dark hair growth, like around my belly button. So that was weird. And my gyno was like, you need to go on the pill. Like you're not getting regular periods. You should go on birth control. So I went on birth control and it wasn't until 2016. So I was a junior in college was when I was absolutely like my whole world was turned upside down with the book woman code by Alyssa Vitti. I really think every woman needs to get this book. It opened my eyes to cycle syncing, understanding how you have different energy levels and your body craves different types of exercise and food and just creativity wise and you have your moods are different because we are cyclical creatures and we have four different phases of our cycle and we want and we're more productive and we're whatever in each phase like in each phase we want different things and we're more productive in different ways and I was like what and that's when I went off birth control and I was off birth control for two years and I started quote unquote balancing my hormones to the best of my knowledge like I didn't work with a functional practitioner or hormone coach I just kind of tried to do what I thought was right and I tried to track my cycle in the best way possible. But I was also, you know, I was doing college girl things. Like I was still an athlete and working out a lot, a lot. Definitely wasn't like, I've always loved food, but I definitely wasn't like eating the amount that I was supposed to be eating. Um, I was drinking like, oh my gosh, so much. It's crazy how much I drank in college. But I just was doing the best I could um, with the resources that I had and with the effort that I wanted to put in, you know? So that was like a huge awakening for me. And, but then I ended up going, um, back on birth control on the IUD because I was just in a quote unquote hot girl phase. I was like being single. I just wanted to date people and listen, I had been in a relationship my whole life and I reached a point where I was like, I just want to experiment different things, different people go on dates. Who knows what's going to happen? I'm going on the IUD. So I went on the IUD and then I started experiment, experiencing pain with intercourse. So basically at this pelvic health rotation, I was like, all these things that I have experienced are considered pelvic floor dysfunction are, um, things that I was never taught about. Like I didn't even know what the pelvic floor was until that lecture came in. I didn't even know that you could get treatment for pain with intercourse or with recurrent infections or with, you know, symptoms from PCOS with just by being aware of pelvic floor dysfunction and, and physical therapy. Like it was just this mind blowing thing and, and how all this stuff can be related. Like I never had, and I don't think I ever had pain with sex from recurrent infections, but I've worked with patients that have. I never had pelvic pain from PCOS, but I've worked with patients that have. I have had pain with sex, and I have worked with pelvic floor therapy because when you know, you know. Once I learned, I was like, oh, I know what to do to myself to help this. So 
it was truly an eye-opening experience. And on that pelvic health rotation was when I started my TikTok account. And at the time, that was when TikTok was a pretty new app. And, you know, if you had a video go viral, it was a big deal. Now, like most videos go viral, I think. But my video about just in case peeing went viral with like almost 300,000 views. And that's basically what kickstarted my quote unquote TikTok career. And then I created an Instagram account. And then one thing led to another. And I was, I had this very active social media presence. So that's really my story behind, you know, how I got into pelvic floor therapy and how I became a pelvic floor therapist. Um, it's, it really just, everything happened so fast. And like all of these, all of these like awakenings happened so quickly, I think like just one thing connected and another thing connected. And I was like, I have to tell people about this. And I just started telling people about this. And I was a student when I started my social media accounts. And I remember always telling everyone, like if a news reporter wanted to report something that I said, I was like, please tell them that I'm a student. Like I was so paranoid that by me spreading this like information was going to like lose my, my license or something. But um, no, I'm really happy that I started it when I started it because, you know, look where I am now. It's, it's all part of the journey, but I do recommend anyone that's interested in the pelvic floor therapy profession to what you can absolutely, well, I definitely recommend requesting a clinical rotation in pelvic health. And I recommend taking the pelvic floor level one course, either through the APTA or Herman and Wallace. I took it as a student. Um, and then when I graduated, I started taking more classes through Herman and Wallace, whether it was about um, bowel dysfunction, male pelvic health. That's when I started taking more classes about male pelvic health because eventually when I moved to the University of Miami, I started seeing male patients and I wanted to make sure I had a good foundation before I did. So that's kind of my story of how I got into physical therapy and pelvic floor physical therapy. My story um, behind why I moved to Florida was I actually moved to Florida for an orthopedic job that I accepted before my clinical health rotation. So before I even fell in love with the pelvic health profession, I had already accepted a job in like sports orthopedics. And that's why I moved to Florida. And then I actually hated that job. And after four months there, I left and pursued social media and personal clients full time. And then my account got taken down and it was when a job opportunity opened up for the University of Miami for a pelvic health rotation and I took it. So clearly everything happens for a reason and I couldn't be happier with where I am today and I couldn't be happier with, you know, where my life is going. Um, Even though I have had many, many ups and downs between you know, moving to Florida and leaving family and friends behind, um, starting a job, then not liking the job and crying on my commute to work and back home from work and then leaving the job, then, you know, getting burned out from overly content producing a little too much, making social media a little too much of my life and then losing that account and then gaining a job at UM and then Whatever. It's just been like so many ups and downs this year, but I am definitely at a place like I got through it and I'm at a place where I know it's only up from here 
and I cannot be more excited for what the future holds and for what the future holds not only in you know life and in my career but with this account I have so many excited plans for this account like I've mentioned and I just wanted to say thank you for everyone that has supported me throughout it all like I really can't thank you enough I am so grateful that you want to hear what I have to say and that you're putting your pelvic health first. You're putting your pelvic health. It's one of your priorities. I'm very, very happy about that. So I, like I, well, I didn't say this, but I do want to definitely do an episode on cycle syncing. That's something that I'm going through right now. I, um, have a very exciting guest coming for, I don't know if it's going to be my next episode or the episode after, because honestly, when I randomly feel like recording, I'm just going to record it and publish it. But she, my next guest is a, um, she specializes in endometriosis and nutrition for endometriosis. So I'm really excited about that because I work with a lot of endo patients and I definitely want to share their experience, my experience treating them and a third party, you know, how they have an impact on my patients with endos, their lives as well. So definitely stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for following episodes about lifestyle content and you know, everything. So happy to be back and so happy that you're here.